Castle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Wednesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios at Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, alongside Booner, and special guest in studio today, Maryville College alumni, Maryville College former head coach, Maryville uh, resident at the moment, current Carson Newman linebackers coach, and and you know honestly just really good dude, Tony Iruli uh, in studio. Thank you. How you doing, man? Great, great pleasure being here, and I've. Appreciate to have an opportunity to spend some time with you and especially Booner over there. And kind of reminds me of the good old days when we were teammates over there at Maryville College. Well, I'll tell you, if anybody follows us on Facebook, we're going to light it up here in a little <laughs> bit, putting that out there. But, uh, you, you know, I just really appreciate you coming in. We, we've kind of hammed it up a little bit before the show. Uh, this is going to be a really fun show because, sure. you know, Coach Aruli has an opportunity to – he has had the opportunity to coach for 40 years yeah. and then also had a pretty fun playing career here at Maryville College sure. with uh, with Boone and really had a really good four-year record but also uh, had a good playing career that led to a really fun coaching career. So we're hoping to to dive into a lot of those stories, hopefully uh, tell one on Booner or two. No, let's uh, not do that. <laughs> so it's no. just an hour show, right? Yeah, just an uh, hour. All right, we may, we'll have to squeeze it in. Yeah, Cliff Notes edition. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can certainly do that. But hey, Wayne, uh, Tony's nickname, everybody had to have a nickname, was the Italian Stallion. There oh. you go. Like That was right in the middle of the uh, when all the Rocky movies were coming out. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, being Italian in the East Tennessee, there weren't too many of us right. up in this area right there. And especially the way I talked, they knew I was not from East Tennessee. Well, I've seen a few of those mustache pictures. I mean, you uh, you definitely the had the, the, the handlebars. handlebars. Well, you know, I always said when you were – a five foot nine linebacker playing college football. You had to look a little mean. Try to scare at least someone along the line. Yeah, I hear you. I you hear rattled you. a few of my bones. I'll say that for you. Oh man, but it's going to be a really fun show. Looking forward to it. Really, really excited to just kind of like matriculate through the sure. the career. You know, we we talked a little bit. You know, doing some research on on your bio. Your your high school uh, still you, you're part of one of the the only Sarasota high school teams to win a state championship. Right. Talk a little bit about that. Well, 1972 uh, played at uh, Carter Mooney High School in uh, Sarasota, Florida. We won the the state championship. Uh, we uh, we went through the entire season, giving up only six points during the entire season, and uh, then won the state championship against Wewahitchka, a school up on the Panhandle. But it was a, a great memory and great time and very special guys that were on that team that we still stay in very close contact with over the years. Tony, that's awesome. I remember when you came in, uh, one thing that happened really fired us up. Uh, Dick Evie and Lon Hersburn came over there as volunteer coaches. Sure. I, I remember seeing just a confidence and a, a noise. And I'm like, man, what's all that noise coming from? Lon had you guys so fired up on defense. Don't you think we turned the corner that year? Yeah, we really did. I mean, Lon Herzberg, I mean, I mean, he's my favorite coach. And, you know, we still get a chance to spend time in visiting. And, you know, Lon was uh, the linebacker coach and uh, defensive coordinator at the University of uh, uh, Tennessee for uh, uh, many years. Then uh, 
when uh, he stopped coaching over there. He spent a year over at uh, Maryville College as our defensive coordinator. And I tell you what, you had to be a tough player to play for Lon. Because, I mean, we, we, we tackled, we were very physical. I mean, the things we did in practice probably, you know, we couldn't do nowadays because, you know, they, they, they take a lot of the contact out of the practices. But we would, you know, you know, we would go, the joke was during, uh, we would go through about a 10-minute pregame routine uh, before each game, and it was tough. It was physical. <laughs> I mean, we, we all would always say, I mean, we couldn't wait till the game because the game would be a lot easier than that 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, we would just be literally knocking our heads off, going against each other, just warming up, getting ready for the game. I tell I tell you that must have been a really fun time at Maryville College because we had we had Randy Lambert in yeah. uh, just a few weeks ago and, and he talked about during those times just the toughness that the basketball team had and then now Boone's always talked about that with sure. the toughness so that just must have been a time where if you want to come and, uh, and and get rocked every now and again come to Maryville College sure and you got to remember especially in football you know that was bef- you know Maryville recruited a lot of guys especially from the state of Florida okay. You know, if we had about 100 guys on the team, probably about 50 were from Florida. Oh, wow. You know, that was a time where in Florida, if you were from Florida, you had Florida, Florida State, Miami, Florida A&M, and Bethune-Cookman, all right? So there was no other small colleges. There was no Central Florida. There was no uh, 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 Southern Florida, Florida International. So if you were a good football player and you wanted to uh, play college football, you couldn't go to a, a school in Georgia because all they had was Georgia, Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. And so, that was it. So Maryville was one of the closest schools that if you came from the deep south, that was one of the closest schools that you could go to and, and play college football. So if you look at a roster and Buddha knows that, you know, we had a whole bunch of guys, uh, you, know, uh, you know, from uh, Florida and very talented players as well. Absolutely, from all different areas. Hey, Wayno, or – Tony's going to tell you, you won't believe this. The uh, We had a team meeting, and when Dick Evie walked in there and picked up that giant barbell, he talked for like 15 minutes, curling what most people would try to bench. Yeah, yeah. He was very <laughs> very intimidating. And, uh, uh, Are you good enough to play the way I'm going to coach? It's the way I feel. Yeah, you know, Dick played in the NFL for about what, about 12 years. I mean, uh, he played for the Bears and a couple other teams, and uh, – it was a instant respect whenever he talked and Lon Erzburn. And, you know, at the same time, uh, we had a wonderful coach. Jim Jordan was our head coach my first two years and really turned that program around. Then he handed when he left, he handed it over to, to Steve Fickard, who was our head coach. John Shannon was our defensive coordinator. So during the four years uh, from uh, 76 through the uh, 79 season, those four-year periods is the best four years uh, of of football in the history of Maryville College, even kind of wow. the days and the, the, success, the success they've had now and in other years and all that. So it, it was a very magical time. We've had a reunion, a couple of reunions uh, celebrating the, uh, the, the uh, players on those teams. Well, you, you know, and I've talked other times, you know, everybody can have a good season. Sure. I think any school uh, can have a good season. Uh, but sustained success, three- and four-year stints of, of really good football, that's something that, that takes – you got to do that on purpose. Sure, and, and so that's that's really cool. It, and it's, you know, consistency is 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 so hard to achieve even nowadays, because especially nowadays when rosters change quite a bit. You know, you look at the uh, especially at the major college school. You know, you don't see those great four year players anymore. You know, after three years, they're they're moving on. So there's constant roster changes, 
especially with now, you know, a kid, you know, if he's not playing, he can jump into the transfer portal and, or, you know, the, 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 the days where a kid would spend a year or two developing uh, and then getting his opportunity uh, at, when he's an older player, you know, those days are gone. I mean, you know, in, in my day, you know, you, when you came in as a freshman, you knew you weren't going to play you, as a freshman, okay? Uh, as a sophomore, you wanted to be a guy that could be involved in special teams, you know, and playing playing a little bit. And so then by the time you're a junior, now you've developed uh, both uh, as a physically and mentally as a football player. So now, now you're making your push now to be a starter, to be a main contributor of the team, beginning your, your junior year. Nowadays, I mean, you know, you got freshmen, you know, if they're not playing or starting after their their second or third game of their freshman year, they're they're want to jump in the transfer portal, and it's just kind of crazy the way things have changed. Well, yeah, coach, uh, a little bit about back up to the recruiting process. Yeah. Like you, you talked about Maryville College being one of the the closer southern sure. schools that would would recruit in Florida, but how did that go? Like, did you did you send information to them, or did they come to find you? Oh, they still uh, sent uh, coaches out to to uh, uh, find us. You know, my story was after. Uh, I graduated high school. I, I played baseball. I was a pretty decent baseball player. Probably probably a little bit better baseball player than football player. And I, and I went ahead and signed at Manatee Junior College. Uh, uh, you know, in the junior college systems in, in Florida, I mean, were outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, i uh, give you an example. Uh, we had a Pee Wee Reese's son on our baseball team. Oh, wow. I remember having, nice. ba- I remember having batting practice with uh, me, Mark Reese, and Pee Wee Reese having batting practice. And, uh, you know, I'm th- pitching – to a mark, and he gets on sending, and all of a sudden Pee Wee says, "Hey Tony, throw me a few," and it's sort of like the scene from uh, 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 Field of Dreams, <laughs> you know, where Costner is throwing to Shoeless Joe Jackson. He said, yeah. "I'm throwing to Shoeless Joe Jackson." I'm just so worried that I didn't want to make sure I hit Pee Wee Reese, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, so uh, you know, that was my route. I want you know to, to further uh, myself baseball. I hurt my shoulder. And, you know, when you're a catcher and you struggle to throw, that's not a good thing. But uh, so then I transferred uh, to Maryville College because they had recruited me coming out of high school. And one of my best friend, Mike Smith, you know, Smitty. Yeah, he, he, he went defensive to Lee, back. He went to Lee's McRae, and he, he kind of convinced me to go to Maryville. And uh, Maryville was a place where it was Division three school, so I could play both baseball and football. And that's how I ended up, uh, you know, coming to Maryville College, which obviously the move, me going to Maryville, I mean, everything – you know, when I talk to people, everything I am today is based on the fact, you know, you know, 40-some years ago, I decided to come to Maryville College. So with me as a uh, uh, as a, a father, you know, as a husband to my wife, Carol, three kids, seven grandkids, being able to college fo- coach college football for 40 years, everything I am today is based on the fact. Back in uh, 1976, I made a decision to come to Maryville College. Wow. And hey, so, Tony, yeah. who was who your baseball statistician at Maryville College? Oh, uh, I think, didn't you? Didn't you do that? I, I think you wanted some free meals. <laughs> and uh, Hey, wait, no. You know, you know, I, in fact, I kind of remember one time, uh, when it, now oh, that no. you mention it, oh, that uh, uh, it was, I hit a ball in the deep shortstop, you know, and the guy bobbled it a little bit, and you know, I, and back then I could run pretty good, and I beat the throw, and I came back, and, and you had uh, met, you uh, 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 wrote it down E six, oh. all right, and I then I uh, remember sitting next to you, and strongly suggested that that was an infield base hit, all right, <laughs> in yeah. a very, very uh, Italian way, and 
<laughs> Amazingly, it got changed. Oh, he wow. was well, he yeah. was he was so friendly. It, it, it was the scene for the Sopranos. Yeah, <laughs> Boone is easily persuaded. Yeah. <laughs> I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. We were on the van coming home, and he goes, "You know, I hit that so hard. There's no way you could have handled it." Yes, that's right. And you 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 agreed. I you know, for some reason I mentioned good Al Pacino job. and The Godfather, and see, it, it got changed. I see, good jo- good job, Boom, because that that very that may have led to this interview today. There you it's go. like well, you making yeah. that you making see, the change. I, and, and you know, be honest with you, I, I could play uh, baseball pretty good. I, you know, I, I my uh, junior college, I was the second or third highest uh, hitter. I hit like three thirteen. Went to Maryville College. My uh, first year, I hit uh, uh, four four oh seven. Oh wow! Then uh, three seventy six. My junior year, then it was like three ninety. My senior year, and and I hit the hit a grand slam against University of Tennessee. Oh wow! Hit two grand slams uh, in a doubleheader against uh, 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 Tennessee Tech, and so uh, so I had a lot of success. That's, that's why Maryville was so much fun because in those days, you know, it's still like, you know, you could play two sports. Most of our guys, you know, you know, we had guys like Wayne Dunn and a whole bunch of those guys, especially from New Jersey, that, that would, uh, uh, you know, ru- would p- play football and wrestle <laughs> at a high level. And, uh, you know, we had guys, you know, half the, half the guys that started on the baseball team were f- football players. You know, Dan, you know, DT, Danny Thomas, Barry Mathis, you know, guys like that. Ken, Big Barry. Ken Hanna, Joe Moffitt, uh, Vince Fucci, uh, all, all those guys, you know, played football as well. And so uh, nowadays it's just, you know, even at the small college level, it's so much harder to do because, you know, those sports are now year-round. Year baseball, fall baseball, you know, football, you got, you know, spring football going on and all that. So it's, it's hard to be able to play uh, two sports in yeah. this culture. You're, you're at Carson Newman now. Do you, do you see any kids doing that now? Uh, we, we have a couple, couple of guys uh, try baseball, and usually they either fall out of baseball or decide not to play football. They usually go one or the other. Uh, where we see more two sport guys are guys in, in track. Track, yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, David Needs, who used to be a quarterback at Carson Newman and was an assistant coach, uh, yeah, he runs a, a very successful track program and cross country program. So we see a lot of our guys, you know, you know, being uh, in, in the sprinting competition, uh, you know, the, the, the javelin, all sorts of things. And so. You know, we do not discourage our guys playing both sports, and uh, so and and David's done a great job as our our track coach uh, at Carson Newman for the last several years. Hey Tony, you before you took a head coaching stint, you you had the opportunity to coach a lot with one of my heroes, Ken Sparks. Give us some uh, Ken Sparks stories. Tell it what it, tell us what it was like. Uh, kind of a different environment there. He was a national champ. How many years? Oh, I won the national championship, uh, I believe, seven seven times. Carson Newman has a NAI Division two. I mean, Ken, uh, he he's about as good as a man, as good as a Christian I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. And he really, uh, really saved me and saved my career at a very, very critical, critical time. You know, I just left Maryville and, you know, and all, all the, uh, the, the disruption and all the uh, uh, stuff that was going on over there. And, uh, yeah. And I talked to Ken, you know, a couple times. You know, I was very close to Ken, and uh, and so uh, Ken gave me a call uh, like about uh, four or five days after I left uh, Maryville, and he said, "Tony, listen, when you get a chance, when things simmer down, come on over here. I'd like to try to find a way to get you up here and help us coach." And uh, so uh, he he gave me an invitation, and 
we we met and we talked and you know found a way for me to be a part of that uh, that program. And I, t- I tell you what, you know, looking back, I'm, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, he's a guy that I think really influences uh, young upcoming coaches on how do, to do things the right way, and, and the way he you handle players, the way you you conduct your practices, the way you be very thorough in things that you do. I mean, you know, he was a uh, 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 just just really a, just a great guy. He he said, Tony, oh, I'm going to hire you. I'm going to hire you as I uh, as my, my minority coach here up at Carson Newman. I said, well, coach, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And he says, I, you don't understand. I mean, you're an Italian Catholic out of Southern Baptist School in East Tennessee. There isn't anything more, more minority than that. And so I, you know, so anytime, you know, when we would have our staff meetings, uh, you know, if if we had a, uh, usually about thirty to forty-five minutes, is a, uh, we would have a Bible study or discussions uh, on the religious end of things. And so, so whenever there was anything. Uh, that pertains towards Catholicism. I was the, the go, I was the go-to, go-to guy. For, <laughs> I, had, I just had to remind everyone, say, hey, you remember now, we were the originals, all right? Y'all broke off from us. <laughs> A little schism. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, but no, I mean, he was great. And, you know, it's been a wonderful experience. Uh, you know, and so, you know, you just see how Coach uh, Sparks battled cancer and uh, and ultimately it, it, it took his life. But the the courage that uh, he showed, and he never missed a practice. Hmm. You know, he would go through chemo in the morning and be on the football field in the afternoon. He would have blood transfusions, never missed anything. And we knew that uh, Coach Sparks, I mean, he was going to coach right till the very end. I mean, yeah. he was not going to retire and sit it out for another two, three years and before ultimately, you know, uh, cancer would take his life. I mean, he, you know, we knew he was going to go till the very end, and he – he, f- he finished up the season about three, four months after the season. Then he passed away. And then to turn it over to a Mike Turner, who been a longtime coach, a good friend, uh, was our offensive coordinator. And he just uh, 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 stepped down. Now Mike Clowney, who's a, uh, who's a, a former player at Carson Newman, All-American. He's on the uh, Sports Hall of Fame in there, was our defensive coordinator for a while, then moved over to running back. And so Coach Clowney is now our – New head coach there, and you know, we, we, I get it him the other day. I said, "Gee, Mike, uh, you get named head coach, and all of a sudden, college football gets shut down. Congratulations!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah way, <laughs> so, so way, way to go. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I was just so happy to give Mike that opportunity because he he deserves it. He deserves the opportunity, and uh, he's a guy that does things the right way. And so I'm very proud uh, being a part of his staff and being still being a part of Carson Newman. Tony, uh, Tony, is it true that you guys did not practice on Sunday? Oh no, no, no! We didn't practice. I mean, I've Coach never, Sparks. Yeah. Well, I, I've never practiced on, on on Sunday. What we did do, we did not meet as a staff. Right. Yeah. No staff know, meeting. Yeah, yeah. You know, usually Sunday is a big meeting day, where uh, uh, you know, usually you go to church in the morning, uh, wherever I've been at. Then you start meetings at uh, at one o'clock, and you would meet till eleven o'clock at night on Sundays. That was a big. You know, you grade the. Uh, uh, the the game film, then you start preparing for the upcoming week. So Sunday's a big day, and he did not uh, uh, let us come in and uh, uh, and meet on Sundays. Now we still had to get the work done, and so you know that part of technology is yeah we didn't have to go to the office, you know, and, and meet and all that, but you know you still kind of stayed at home and graded your right. players so that when we met at six in the morning. Monday morning, I mean, everything was all graded out, and you talked about the uh, the game, and then you're ready to move on to your opponent. 
But the thing, another thing is that we never met after practice. All right, so it wasn't you'd have practice till six o'clock, then you'd have dinner, then you stay in the office till ten o'clock at evening. You know, coach was a strong believer in in family, having family time, and he felt like that. Uh, uh, you know, you put twelve hours in a day. Uh, that's long enough. You don't need to be putting in. <laughs> 16, 17 hours a day. Right. And if you can't get it figured out with that amount of time, then, you know, you're probably not that good of a coach. And, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you need to turn it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, you go to different sports. So uh, so that was very precious. I mean, you know, you know, you have a Sunday afternoon uh, with your family having dinner uh, during football season. I mean, it, you know, that, that was something I never did, even when I was the head coach, because I was never, you know, taught that was the way to do it. Right. And uh, so, uh, so, you know, those were some of the lessons. And just like I said, I was just – you know, uh, just great memories of Coach Sparks and uh, just a wonderful guy. really is. Awesome. Well, man, Boone, we've uh, we've kicked off this show pretty pretty hardcore. We've went from, from Sarasota, Florida, all the way to Carson Newman College. We're, uh, we're going to take a quick break, listen to these great sponsors. Coach Tony Iruli in studio, excited to have him in here. We're going to kind of matriculate through the coaching carousel, post-Maryville College, like what yeah. that looked like after the break we're listening to these fine sponsors you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 8:50 a.m and streaming at wkvl.com we'll be right back your hometown alternative to ordinary sports radio 100.9 fm 8.50 a.m. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. This is Alex Melvin, CEO of Royal King. We at Royal King are grateful to serve our communities, providing the essential products you need for your family, farms, and homes. But to continue to have that privilege, we need the help of our customers. We insist no more than one adult per cart can shop at one time. Royal King is here to assist you with your shopping and loading needs. God bless all of you, and God bless our country. From Rural King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports Sports Radio Show. 
the grind. If you're looking for a way to catch the grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything the grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle, in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638. Or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner and Coach Tony Aruli here in studio. Excited to have him in here. It's been it's been a fun first segment as we talked a little bit about his Maryville College time and also uh, talked a little bit about his his Ken Sparks days and and what had, had kind of come through there. But uh, you know, Boone, it's uh, it's one of those deals where 40 years of coaching. Uh, has probably probably done a lot to 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 kind of get you there and and leaving Maryville College. Just kind of tell me where that how that kind of progressed. Like where did you go out of college, and yeah. then how did that coaching system? Well, start? you know, I knew uh, when I started college, uh, I was going to be a, a major in accounting, and I came from a long line of Italian families that were all professionals. We were doctors, we were lawyers, uh, and my dad was a doctor. He wanted me to become a doctor, but. Uh, uh, you know, I just had, uh, you know, it just, you know, I, I, I knew that it just wasn't for me. And so I remember the day I told my dad that uh, I decided not to be an accountant. Uh, I was going to uh, want to be a, a major in PE and be a football coach. And I, I think my dad didn't talk to me for about three, four months. <laughs> I mean, he did not take it very well. And, uh, but I, I just knew that, uh, you know, I, I wanted to coach and be a football coach and, Robert knows uh, my wife, Carol. We dated all throughout uh, um, Maryville College, and uh, we got uh, married, you know, like about three weeks right after we graduated college in, in 1980. And so what I did, I, uh, I applied to just about every school east of the, of the Mississippi to be a graduate assistant. And so uh, I got two interviews. One was to uh, Southern Illinois, and the other one was to uh, Bowling Green University. And uh, so uh, I interviewed at both places and uh, was offered 
a GA position at both and ended up taking the one at uh, Bowling Green University in 1980. And so that started my career uh, at Bowling Green. Then, uh, you know, back in those days, I mean, you know, Carol, we we got married, went to Bowling Green. Uh, You know, Carol didn't have a job. She she was a teacher and she met the superintendent of a local school system in the line of a Kmart and got (laughs) offered an interview and so she made $11,000 our first year, and I made $212 a month as a GA, being a married couple. So so that was my, our first year at Bowling Green. Then uh, I met a guy named Jim Levitt at a national convention who— uh, Oh, yeah, Jim Levitt. Yeah, that was uh, head coach at, uh, at uh, South Florida, one of the premier uh, defensive uh, coordinators uh, in, in college or in— or in professional football. He's a DC. He was a DC at Oregon, wasn't he? At one DC point. at Oregon, and now he's the DC over at a Florida Atlantic. Oh wow! But Jim's just a great guy. Well, Jim played at Missouri, and it's from uh, the Tampa area. We met at the national convention, and he was just leaving Missouri to take a full time position. In those days, it used to be you would be a GA. Then what was the next level was called a part time assistant, which meant. You work full-time, but you got part-time pay. Oh, right. Which was equivalent to out-of-state tuition. So uh, uh, he helped me get a job at Missouri. And so uh, I, uh, I uh, applied there, interviewed over there, got offered a job. So I left Bowling Green like in January uh, uh, to take a job at, at University of Missouri as a part-time assistant. I was the film coach, assistant linebacker coach. The, the, the backstory is this. Carol is still teaching. Oh, wow. All right. And uh, at that, when I left, she was at that time three months pregnant. And, oh. and so, you know. The life of a coach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I had to leave. And here's Carol. She's in, in northwest Ohio. Don't know too many people there. She, you know, we had a couple of friends from the Bowling Green staff. But I had to leave her to go to Missouri to go, go through spring practice and all throughout the spring. So, you know, she's back there, pregnant, driving in the middle of the wintertime, going to, going to uh, teach, and I'm coaching over football. And so, you know, that was our life for about five months. And oh, wow. we finally uh, came – I mean, this is interesting, story. Then we finally came back. I got done with the season. You know, we went ahead in, uh, in June, picked her up, took, took her over to Missouri, found a place to rent. To eat. But, you know, that time, at that time, Carol was like eight months pregnant. All right, and so uh, so what we decided to do was to uh, the month of July at at University of Missouri uh, we had the whole month of July off, and our, our our son you know ended up being our son AJ he was due like the very end of July, and so we said okay what well, we'll do the month of July we're off let's go ahead and go back to Maryville Carol's family doctor we'll go ahead and have uh, our our baby delivered here around back home and all that. And then, you know, in the meantime, Carol has gotten a job to teach around the 25th of August. So, all right, it'll be about a month. All right, you know, you know, we'll, we'll find a way to make it happen. Well, that was the plan. It was a great plan, except uh, uh, our, our son decided uh, not to be born until the end of August. Oh, no. Oh, wow. He was so, just comfortable. He, said he was just comfortable. He was just comfortable. <laughs> Carol's, Carol's a very loving mother, and it's hard to leave. And so, you know, kids around the 10th of uh, August, I've got to leave to go back to Missouri to get ready for the football season. Oh, wow. Carol's here. She's got a job waiting for her starting on the 25th of August. 
And so I've got to leave her, and Carol's here. And so we went through spring, uh, fall practice, and finally, and that was the days the doctors didn't do very much to induce labor. I mean, they wanted it. Well, you know, it finally gets around the, the near the, the 20th of August, still no baby. Carol's supposed to start teaching school like the 25th of August. Oh, wow. Because, you know, I'm making only $500 a month. I got a family and, and one child. Oh, so your pay doubled from yeah. GA to the other. <laughs> I, I said it was a great deal. I got double my pay from $200, $200 a month to you know, about $500 a month. So anyway, <laughs> finally drive back. And that was when they were having, back in those days, they had a big uh, 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 air traffic controller strike. So pl- flights were hard to get in and out. And so, uh, so anyway, uh, we talked to the doctor. The doctor said, okay, we're going to go ahead and have uh, Carol go into labor, induce labor around the 25th of August, which happens to be the day that Carol's supposed to start school. <laughs> and so, uh, so I d- drive back to uh, Maryville, and for some reason that night, Carol goes into labor. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So we go into, uh, uh, so she delivers uh, our son Anthony, or AJ, uh, and then we spend three days in Maryville. On the fourth day, we go ahead and drive back from Maryville to Columbia, Missouri, 12-hour trip. My wife just had a baby oh, wow. three days uh, before. We happened to find a sitter in our neighborhood that would be willing to take take care of a newborn baby. Right. And so a week after Carol uh, uh, delivers uh, Anthony, she's back teaching full-time. And wow. uh, some, be- some people would say that the coach's wife is maybe the tougher one. Yes, and this yes. looks like this is maybe a true statement. Well, yes. I mean, I mean, if, if you, you know, uh, if you want to see a successful coach, chances are you're going to have a, a, a wife that, that, uh, you know, she gives up a lot, to, you know, for that coach to have success. And a lot of times when you see coaches start failing, it's because their, their, their marriage starts failing. I'm very fortunate. I've got a great wife and Carol, very loving wife who's uh, supported me for, for uh, over 40 years and has sacrificed a lot. And that's just one story. I mean, right. you know, Boone, you've been around with Carol. I mean, she can she can tell you stories about me. I don't even have a chance to uh, <laughs> say anything because it's all true. Carol's, but, the, Carol's the great, great organizer. Uh, she would take Fridays off to be involved in Tony's game. Fundraisers, Maribel College. She would uh, run the money, taking it up. And it's just, it was a blessing uh, to have her in your life, Tony. Yeah, very blessed, and uh, you know, and like I said, you know, I, I, mean, I would not be where I am today without Carol. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so, coach, you were in Missouri now. Yeah. So you're you're coaching your assistant linebackers coach, yeah, part time coach at, at, at Missouri. And who was two, the who was the coach at that time? Warren Powers was the head coach. They were in the Big Twelve Conference. Yeah, at that uh, point. Uh, Big Eight at that Big time. Big Eight, yeah. Big Eight, and uh, it was a uh, uh, you know we. At that day, it was it was it was uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Missouri was always the number three. Oh wow! All right, team in that conference because we could beat everyone else, but always had hard time beating uh, uh, them. And so we, uh, you know, my first year there, we uh, I think we finished up uh, eight and three. We went to the Tangerine Bowl. Uh, we uh, 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 had great success there. Uh, that year, we beat. Uh, Oklahoma for the first time. Now, who was the head coach at Oklahoma at that time? Uh, Barry Switzer. Was it Switzer? Switzer. Yeah, yeah. We beat Oklahoma the very first time at uh, M- Mizzou, and uh, so uh, uh, and so since he was so upset uh, uh, that year, Oklahoma had such an average year 
they had uh, then uh, uh, he went ahead and signed this running back. Uh, who was that running back that, that was there for a year? Uh, uh, the best it, I never was. Was it Mar- oh, Marcus, Marcus Dupree. Dupree? Marcus Dupree. Yeah. Uh, I, he went against us our, my second year at Missouri, and I saw him rush for about 150 yards. Was he a stud? He, every bit of it. He, he, <laughs> they ran an isolation play, and he goes ahead and runs over our linebacker, who was like a second-team All-American, uh, and then outruns our defensive back, who ran a 4-3 <laughs> for about 70. And, and, you know, that play, you know, when you see that, that, uh, that clip on ESPN about his career and his life and all that, that play is on it. Oh, wow. And, and he was awesome. We lost against the Nebraska. <clears throat> Nebraska at that time had uh, Irving Fryer was the, the uh, was a wing back. Uh, uh, you had uh, uh, great uh, 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 Dave Remington was you know, Remington Award winner. Right. Was a center. Uh, Rathman uh, was a fullback. Oh wow! Uh, you know, uh, you know, you had just great players on that team, and you know, just to be able, to, you know. You know, you know, I coached uh, when we went to the, uh, Texas, so I got a chance to really see some really great places. Colorado was a great place right. to go to, and all that. And so, after those two years there, my time was up as a part-time assistant coach. I had to find a full-time job, uh-huh. and then I was uh, uh, offered a job. Uh, the guy that that uh, was the head coach of Maryville College, Art Ogden, had uh, got hired by uh, uh, young Terry Bowden. At Salem College. Oh wow! And uh, I was looking for a job, and uh, Art brought me in, and I got hired as the linebacker coach at Salem College in West Virginia, where uh, it was a town of uh, of uh, three thousand in the <laughs> in the town, and uh, and a third were unemployed coal miners, and uh, you know I I think we we lived in the only house that was on flat land uh, <laughs> in Salem, West Virginia. I, I, I knew, and I, I kid Caroline, I, I said, I, I, I knew if if our marriage would survive living in Salem, West Virginia, we were going to be good as good to go. <laughs> I hear so, you. <laughs> so it was, but boy, we those were back in the days of NAIA football where, uh, you know, where it was, it was, we got great football players. We got, uh, you could get guys that transferred in. Uh, you know, we had guys that, uh, uh, starting nose guard from Michigan's Rose Bowl team. We would get guys from uh, – Terry would bring in uh, f- starters from Florida State. I brought in a couple guys from Missouri. We would get guys from Michigan. We would get guys from West Virginia. I mean, it was it was like Division One, You know, and those were the, also the heyday of Carson Newman. You know, Carson oh, yeah. Newman, those were the days when a lot of guys that played at UT didn't work out for them at UT, ended up going to Carson Newman. And in those days, NAI football was, was – was really really good. Oh, absolutely. And then our our, our second year, uh, we, uh, you know, I recruited Clarksburg area, and uh, I I found out that uh, a quarterback that uh, uh, that went to high school there uh, the year before, and he went and and tr- tried to walk in at Clemson to play baseball. He was coming back and wanted to play football, and so so I told Terry about him, and Terry re, uh, said, "Well, let's get him." And that guy was Jimbo Fisher, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! So Jimbo was our quarterback during the 1984-85 uh, season at at uh, uh, at Salem College, and I tell you what, he was outstanding. Huh. I mean, I mean, he could you know he could light it up. He could throw. I mean, if he, you know, he he was five eleven, 
All right, you know, if he was 6'2", 6'3", I mean, he was a D1 guy, no doubt. He's 5'11", Monday through Friday, but on Saturdays he's 6'2". <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, he was exceptional. And so uh, so we were there at, at Salem College for three years, had a lot of great success. Uh, then Terry left Salem to go to uh, Akron to be an assistant coach, and I left to go to uh, – after he left, I didn't get the job – the head coaching job at Salem. So, uh, you know, Carol and I, we moved again and went to uh, Susquehanna University – at a Division three school in Pennsylvania, was there for two years. Then Terry brought me with him down to Sanford University mm-hmm. in Birmingham, and uh, that's where we were there for about six years. Wow. And uh, so Sanford was – I was the uh, uh, the, the uh, recruiting coordinator, linebacker coach there for, for six years, had great success there. Uh, it was just – it was a fun time to, to, to be a coach at that point in time. I, t- I tell you, you kind of mow through that, and you're, you're like – do you do you just always kind of leave a backpack, or I, yeah. I feel like between recruiting and moving, yeah. you were always kind of in tow, right? Yeah, I mean you, you're looking for a big break, you know. You know, I, there was several times where I thought I was, you know, you know, I got, uh, you know, just missing out on just the big break, you know. When Terry uh, left Sanford to uh, go to uh, to Auburn, you know, everyone assumed that I was going with Terry. Well, when Terry got the job at Auburn. One of the stipulations is that Terry could bring uh, all the, any of the offensive guys from Sanford with him, but he had to keep – he couldn't bring anyone on the defensive side because part of, of Terry getting the job at Auburn was – Keeping some of those Keeping guys. those defensive guys, which were real in tight with all the big-time alums and all that. So I got – you know, so I missed, you know, missed that opportunity. And so, you know, there's been a couple times where, you know – you know, uh, you know, I, I got offered a linebacker position at Marshall University mm-hmm. with a Jim Donnan. I turned it down because Terry asked me to. Uh, no, Tony needs you to stay. You know, uh, if I go go major college, you know, you know, I'm going to bring you with me and all that. Oh. Uh, that didn't happen. Jim uh. Donnan, you know, the, the, a couple years later, gets offered the head coaching job over at at at, at uh, Georgia. Yeah, he brings like eight of his nine assistant coaches with him. And so, uh, so, so your trajectory, you look and, and you, probably you, question that, yeah, yeah, but. yeah, and you and you look at, you know, you look for breaks and things like that, and so, uh, but uh, you just keep plowing away, and you know, after Sanford, I went up to uh, <coughs> Shippensburg University. Mm-hmm. You and, won assistant of the year there, yeah, didn't you? yeah, yeah. I was named assistant coach of the year, and not only because of coaching, but a lot of the things Carol and I would do. You know, we were involved, heavily involved in doing a lot of things with school programs, reading and fundamental programs, a lot of community work. So, uh, you know, I was named assistant coach of the year. And, again, it was, a lot of it had to do with things that Carol was doing on the side as well. But Shippensburg, we really had some great teams. We had, uh, a, a, you know, uh, John Kuhn, remember him? He was a fullback. Yeah, for fullback. The, the Packer, he was our, our fullback at at, uh, at, uh, at Shippensburg. He's a bowling ball is what he was. <laughs> and a great guy. We also had a defensive back named Brent Grimes, that played in the NFL for for ten years, and uh, so uh, it was a fun experience there. Then, after being there for about six years, in two thousand three, I was named uh, the head coach over Maryville College, which, oh, wow. which was a uh, you know something I was really looking forward to. And it was for we had great nine great years, and be able to come back home and being back around guys like Boone and Barry Mathis and. You know, we had a receiver named uh, – what was his name again? Uh, Bill Cruz? He had black stuff under his eyes. He had stick them all over his arms. Yeah, we, you know, we played with a guy named Bill Cruz, and, uh, you know, he kept the, the, the stick business 
uh, alive. Huh? We so over-budgeted over one year and almost went He was the Maryville version of Bolitnikoff. Oh, that that, the guy had posters of Bolitnikoff. I would say so. I, I mean, he had – did, did the stickum drip off the posters? Uh, I, I no, know. it stuck. <laughs> you did not, he did not have to put glue on the back of the posters okay. to put it up there. He just put a little bit of stickum. It would stick there. I mean, he had it up and down the – the, the arms like That's this. Awesome. I mean, Tony, it, he caught one touchdown, and he just stuck his hand out, and the referee had to pry the ball loose. No, he actually did not catch it with his hands. Oh. He caught it with his two forearms like that. That's and, awesome. And, uh, and uh, the Bills, Bills are a great guy, a great friend and all that. But uh, And uh, I know he's a little bit mourning because he was a big John Prine fan. Well, and, you know, uh, I, I, remember, I tell you between Joe Diffie and John Prine, oh, that's, I mean, two, Lord. Two legends. Yeah. Two legends. You know, Bill would stay up late at night playing the guitar. You, Boone, you would do it. Did you play the guitar back then? No. No. Oh, maybe it was another. Well, we don't call that playing. <laughs> what what Boone does with it, but <laughs> anyway. But but that's that's awesome. So when you come back to your alma mater, yeah. you, you got to be like, so you you know you talk about yeah. the Jim Don and, and and all that hat. But then you come back to your alma mater and you got to be like, yeah, if, I mean, give it all up for for coming oh, back. Oh, absolutely. Here. I mean, after. You know, uh, you know, I was I had several other opportunities to get some bigger jobs and all that, and I kept turning down. I said, no, this is what I want to do. I'm going to be the head coach at Maryville College, be there until, you know, I was going to coach until I was about 60 years old over there. And uh, it, it was great because at that time, Maryville was uh, 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 was uh, struggling. And, uh, uh, you know, and uh, so I got the opportunity to be the be the head coach there and uh, – uh, we uh, we slowly turned it around. It was in transition where, you know, the, the biggest part of this is was that Maryville really underfunded the football programs so much. I mean, to give you an example, uh, you know, as soon as I got there, I had to raise about $80,000 because, I mean, the helmets we were using were like seven, eight years old. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, they, they were they were the, the, the hand-me-downs from Oak Ridge High School. Those were the helmets we were using. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and just just so, for listeners out there, you're turning helmets every five years now, whether they need it or not, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the new game. So yeah, when yeah. you come into Maryville College, you've got eight year old helmets. You've got stuff that should have been thrown away years ago. Absolutely. But budget wise, yeah. they, they couldn't do it. So the biggest thing we did was uh, uh, was to uh, uh, raise money to, you know, we had brought new, bought new helmets, new shoulder pads, new shoes. And, you know, I, I think part of it was with me being a, an alum. You know, I was able to get guys like, you know, Booner to throw in fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, and and uh, guys like uh, Lee Taylor and Dave Evans and that connection. And so we kind of got the the thing kind of uh, going, uh, you know, in the right direction. We were transitioning from a, being an independent school. We moved into the USA South Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you that's know, where they currently sit, right? That's where they sit right now. The problem is being a, a Southern school in Division Three is you have to travel so much. You know, in the in the north where there's a lot of Division three schools, I mean, every school is an hour or two away from it, each other. Well, in the south, in the USA South, I mean, to go down and play Huntington, you know, that's an eight-hour trip. To right. go play uh, uh, North Carolina Wesleyan, you know, that's almost a, a ten-hour trip. And so, you know, you have huge travel issues being a, a Division three school in the south. But uh, we ended up making a home in in, uh, uh, in the USA South. Uh, we kind of got the program going in in the right direction, and so uh, I'm just very, very happy uh, to do it. And let, let me say this: uh, uh, Phil Wilkes was the, the previous head coach <coughs> before I got there, and Phil and I are good friends. And he, he did he did an 
a great job for everything, for what he was given to him. I mean, he had some outstanding coaches while he was there. He did things the right way. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I stay very close to Phil because I think that more importantly, he, he's, he's a lot on the lines of Ken Sparks. You know, he's a guy that's going to do things the right way. And, uh, you know, he's made, he's made a positive impact on many lives uh, of the, uh, the players that he had coached over at Maryville College. Tony, you were involved in some rule changes. I was fascinated with that story. You want to share a little bit of that with us? Well, from uh, 2008 to 2011, I was on the NCAA Rules Committee. And uh, that was at the time where we started addressing the targeting rules. And, uh, you know, and what we were trying to do is eliminate just absolutely dangerous type of hits, you know, like a wide receiver uh, doing an outside release against a hard corner and, you know, the ball is being thrown in that void area between the corner and the safety. And uh, the safety is coming over the top. He's not even looking at the ball. He's just trying to take the head. He's headhunter. He's a headhunter. And uh, just it's amazing that we did not, you know, we watched 40 clips, and it's just amazing that we did not see people with uh, injuries that would be uh, paralyze them. And uh, so we aim to take those type of hits away. You know, a wide receiver coming across the middle, sort of like, like the Daryl Stingley mm. type of hit, where again the safety is the, the uh, wide receiver is trying to catch the ball, and the, the receiver is not really trying to break the ball up. I mean, it's just going ahead, Hunter. Yeah, and uh, you know, and so we were, we aim to take that away. You know, and I thought we were on the right track. I think where it's gone now is not the the intentions of what the, the original. Uh, Rules Committee was trying to do. I mean, it's, it's gone so overborne. Mm, they never found the break, did they? No, no. It's well, now, you know, it's now if, if a quarterback like a, a, a Cam Newton's running with the ball and he drops his head and shoulders and a linebacker's trying to tackle him and, uh, you know, and but they're, they're calling targeting on the defensive player mm-hmm. uh, because you'll go helmet to helmet. Well, the, the, the running back or the – Quarterback, he's dropping his head and shoulder. I mean, so it's, it's – You almost see it coached that way now. You see receivers in places to where it's like slide at the last possible minute because you're going to get your yardage plus sure. if they call that targeting. They're almost playing the curve a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it, you can see that. Uh, and what's what's happening is this, is that now they're uh, – you, you've seen uh, defensive backs going so low. What's happening is you're seeing more and more knee injuries mm. because where they used to get hit – tackled high, all right, now they're going down low towards the knees, and you're seeing, I think you're seeing more and more knee injuries because of the, the way the rules are and all that. So the dynamics of tackling is, is really changed. I know some of it's definitely to the good, but, again, I think, you know, some of the changes, I mean, I mean, you watch an NFL or a college football game, I mean, they got to go and review just about every other play on video now. I mean, where a game used to be two and a half hours long, it's now – Three and a half because yeah, right. you're, 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 you're killing the, the momentum of the game with all the uh, the video review of things. That's totally on – like here's kind of totally on the outskirts, but that's what I thought the XFL had going for it. Is yep. It was, I mean, 30 seconds, we're going to make a decision. You can hear what we're thinking, yeah. rock and roll. Let's go, let's yeah. go. I also like the rule with the XFL with the, the way they're handling the kickoff. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, you know, kickoff, you know, they, they've, they've done studies where you know, they've had more concussions with with a kickoff and you know again I'm an old timer where I like the old kickoff rule but I can see that where you I know, mean you're going like thirty those guys that run four three they're they're kicking around thirty mile now yeah yeah they're going full throttle and so now they they made a, a change there where you know I thought it was kind of interesting how they do that so 
XFL has always been a little bit on the cutting edges. Hey, let's let's see if we can do something a little bit different to well, make it a little bit unique to our sport. And the thing is, they understand there's already a way to do it. So if we cut, if we if we do something that doesn't work, okay, we know where to go back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's not etch in stone. And but if you don't try those things, I mean, you you never know if it's going to be successful or not. Well, co- coach, we're gonna have to we're we're gonna have to. Uh, to do a part two at this at some point because sure. we're we're about nine minutes away from the top oh, of the hour. Sure. I, so. just thought, I, I thought uh, we were. Uh, but but we're not we're not going to take a, a next break. I'll give them some extra ones tomorrow. We're too good into this right okay. now. But but coach, just just kind of these last eight minutes. Uh, just just one of those things that that I want to touch on is one you've had a, you've had a great career. I, I, just what Boone had, had talked about and what the pictures he put up. You had pictures with Dabo Swinney. Sure. You had pictures with Joe Girardi. I'm a Yankees guy, so yeah, that Joe's my cousin. That, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Joe's I guess you're cousin. I guess you're a, an Angels fan now, right? Is that where? Uh, he's no, at? no, he's Phillies. I knew it was one of those red Phillies, teams. You know, <laughs> you know, we're very loyal. I was a Yankees fan for while he was there, and then they. Decided to let him go, so the heck with those Yankees. I know it's hard for he's, him. He's got a Bryce Harper yeah, now, don't he? Bryce Harper <laughs> like this. You know, like, real quick, Dabble Sweeney, when I was a defense, when I was at Sanford, you know, making $18,000 a year with a wife and three kids. Wow, you like tripled your money when you I went to tripled, Sanford. I kept telling Carol, listen, we we're got going the right deal. way. We're, we're going, going the right way now. It might take us 150 years to get. <laughs> <laughs> and so you don't have to work, which is. It's still true right to the day, but still. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so in the summertime, I would uh, umpire little league baseball games. That's awesome. You know to uh, you know help make some money. Well, for two years, my assistant was Dabo Sweeney. He's from uh, Pelham, Alabama, and so uh, you know, and he, D- Dabo was like a legend there. I mean, he you know he played at Pelham High School. He walked on, played at Alabama. Yeah, I saw some of your pictures of Hoover. Hoover in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, you know, it's you know where we live is right next to Hoover. Just a great a- area right there. But D- Dabo, I tell you what, I'll, let me just say this about Dabo. He's about he's about as genuine as as you see it. I mean, I know I've known enough head coaches where all of a sudden they get success, they get fame, and all that. All of a sudden they change. Mm-hmm. Dabo hasn't changed a bit. He's just a good old guy who happens, you know. He's a strong believer in, in his Christian faith that God <clears throat> had a major influence in in where he is today because you know he came back you know he is his background is that he was a family with a single parent mother you know they they struggled week by week just to make make it uh, mm. uh, just to survive and uh, for him to to get the opportunity to be the head coach at Clemson and uh, he's you know I. What I like about Dabo is this, you know, you know, he's not afraid to, to share his Christian faith and let people know, yeah, our team's going to pray, and all this. And you know, ACLU would come in and uh, say, well, you can't let your 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 players pray or something like that. Hmm. And he kind of said, well, heck with you, yeah, we're exactly. going to pray, we're going to do things the right way here. And uh, so he's doing things the right way, and obviously it, it's paid off in the success. People really, it's. It, their, their assistant coaches don't go to different places because they, they're getting first of all they're getting paid pretty good, but yeah. secondly, they know that it, it's it's hard to find a place that they're going to have a better situation than they, than they are. Close. Well, and it's funny how small world situations yeah. work. He had an assistant there from right here in Maryville, Dan Brooks. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean he's he's got a good connection there, but no Dabo. Joe, Joe, you know, uh, you know Joe Black's son. I I think played before Dabo got there, but uh, Joe Black, you know. Uh, yeah, the big offensive lineman from yeah. Maryville. Yeah, well, yeah, he was his son was the offensive lineman from. Maryland. Yeah, he's the he's the head trainer at uh, I think yeah. both college yeah, and high school has, has the uh, uh, the rehab center here right mm-hmm. next to the hospital, 
And so, uh, there, so there's some uh, Clemson connections in this area. And Tony, uh, the center from Maryville High School was uh, all American. He went there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and I, th- I think uh, uh, they've always kind of hit this area right here. But anyway, just going back to Dabo, I mean, I mean, if if a if a young coach wants to look at a find a coach that is sort of is is this is the way I want to be. All right, they should be looking at Dabo Sweeney because he's going to be doing things the right way. He's going to be giving a great example. And, uh, you know, and uh, in this time where you're looking for leadership and you're looking for great role models, without a doubt, Dabo Sweeney's probably the best one out there. Well, and, and I'll tell you, and Boone, Boone, you can kind of speak to this too. You, you know, we've always – we've kind of done the conversations of best coach ever, yeah. da, da, da. And, of course, Nick Saban's right there. Sure, sure. And, and, and then – but Dabo Sweeney shows you that – there's more. There's different ways to skin the sure, cat, right? Sure, and and he's more of a player's coach. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he's uh, very active with them. And uh, you know, kids, the kids love playing for him. They <laughs> they really do. I mean, you know, I know there's a couple of former players from Knoxville area that have gone over there and done very well. Oh yeah, T. Martin Sons right there. Yeah, and so I mean, so yeah, he's going to be a fourth. The big question is this: you, you know, him being a, a, a former Alabama player. Yeah. All right. The day that Saban. <laughs> Retired. Retired. They're going big time after Dabo. And yeah, I've always the, been nervous that I'm not going to be able to understand if, if he really takes the job or not because I'm going to be too busy cheering that Saban's gone. That <laughs> yeah, Saban's gone. Gonna, there's no way. I mean, right now he's he's got. Uh, I mean, they'll throw so much money at him, all that. But he's you know where he's at right now. I mean, he it's is, probably no better explanation of a bird in the hands worth two in the bush. Yeah. <laughs> no, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey Tony, uh, a great explanation of Dabo is. T. Higgins, great Oak Ridge yeah. receiver. We were so excited when Butch Jones went over there and he basically sat in an area and, and he was seen and he was showing, hey, I'm interested in you. What does Dabo do? He comes in and he's typical Dabo. He goes up there and sits with T's mother and spends the entire basketball game watching him play. Yeah. I was not surprised that T went with him. Well, um, T's going to be a first-round pick this oh, year. Sure, so sure. Uh, I, I think it's, it's been a great conversation uh, that that hopefully, Coach Tony, I really that we we can get back uh, a little bit with you because sure. man, we 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 had we had a lot of stuff on the docket, and I think we filled it filled it pretty full. But uh, uh, there's a lot more to talk about. I hope I can get you back on here. But man, really, thanks for coming in. Thank I hope you very much. I hope during this time, you know, downtime a little bit, you're kind of getting to have that family time, uh, and then uh, again, getting some honeydews done. You know, I, I tell you, uh, Carol and I, we were, we're we're spending a lot of bonding time together. Uh, uh, we have uh, I've watched more of the home network station than I have in my <laughs> entire life. The home shopping network. The home shopping oh, network uh, uh the the hometown carol even asked me hey boone you know how i am with with a hammering nail stuff and all that type of <laughs> stuff carol asked me if you after watching about 20 of those those home rebuild shows tony do you think you could actually build a cabinet it'd be great if you could learn how to do that stuff and i looked at her and said are you crazy <laughs> there's no way i mean i if i hammer a nail in straight i usually Take about a thirty-minute break to congratulate myself. I mean, I mean, I'm watching well, all those shows. I mean, you know, you knew where it was going when she got you to watch that show, right? I was trapped. I did not move. <laughs> My wife loves those shows as well. The, the hometown, the one that's got hometown. the big red-headed boy in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, I'm like, he's just a big version of Gomer Pyle. I yeah. don't understand it. We watched four straight episodes of it on Sunday. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And that's but, when I called Boone. It's a Robert. 
Get me on air. <laughs> well, Coach Tony, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's been a great show. We're going to do it again. I want to get this going again. But for Robert Moon, for Coach Tony Iruli, I'm Wayne Kaiser. You've listened to The Grind. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.